Happy Friday, Mike Broomhead. I love when you say that. I love it when you say it. Happy Friday, <laughs> Jamie. Thank you. And uh, great news about uh, about uh, uh, Hamlin. What a great uh, what a great story that that recovery of that young man. Um, big show today. We got a couple of guests coming up early in the show. Eight thirty five. We speak with uh, Representative Elect Juan Siscomani from Arizona about the fight for the Speaker's chair. We'll talk about the preview. Of, do we think we're going to get a vote? And finally, have a Speaker of the House today. So that's coming up at eight thirty. At 8.35, at 9.05, we speak with the uh, head of the Border Patrol Union, Brandon Judd, and uh, he is the president of the National Border Patrol Council. So all that's coming up in a few moments. We start the show this morning with the economy. Um, There was a story printed, 11 signs that the economic tipping point that everyone has been waiting for has arrived. The reason why we keep continue to talk about the economy, at least I do, is I think the effect it has on everyone. I like the you know the political conversation about about policy is one we're always going to have, and that's one we always should have. And we get back to the old school way things were done when the budgets weren't so out of control, where everybody was told yes. the The wrestling match between Republican and Democrat was always what money was going to be spent and what it was going to be spent on. Now we just go into debt and everybody gets told yes. And I, we, at some point you have to go back to the old school way of doing things and kind of get your financial house in order. And this is a blame on both parties. This is not just you know going after the left because of overspending. This is both sides of the aisle with, with human, uh, humongous waste, uh, tremendous um, lack of oversight. And the reason why that, that plays a role in the economy is you take a look at the enormous debt that we've created. You look at now what some of the policies are that I disagree with because as we're starting to see the slowdown in the economy, the jobs numbers were very strong again. But everybody that even that are touting those strong job numbers are saying they are seeing the slowing coming, that they are expecting a recession this year. Well, the, the big issue with this is there's also coming a huge tax increase for a lot of people, and they consider it only to be the rich. But you know that that gets passed on to everybody. Else, We already have high costs. Things are very, very expensive. And when you start taxing individual things and businesses and products and, you know, oil, you're going to see an increase in prices. That's just the way that it goes. And at a time when the United States Treasury is collecting record revenue, which they are, I mean, check me on it. I don't expect people just to believe me because of my position and my point of view. But if you look at it, um, that is that's the case. It's record revenue into the United States Treasury. Why would the federal government be taking more money out of the U.S. economy in the form of taxes? It doesn't make sense to most people. Eighty seven thousand new IRS agents that are not just going to be going after the wealthy. They're going to be going after people that are using cash apps for payment, rideshare drivers, things like that. And so it's going to affect all Americans and it's going to take more more discretionary income out of the of the private sector. That is where there is a big issue. The slowing down of the economy comes in the working class when you are eating up all of your income on necessities and you don't have any discretionary income. There isn't a lot of money to be spent on the things you wish you could have when you're spending everything you have and sometimes going into debt to get the things you do need. And what's interesting is when you compare these economies, it's not just a national thing. This was an interesting story I found on Zero Hedge. More U-Haul trucks, and I imagine it's moving trucks, but more U-Haul trucks left California than any other state in 2022. Where was their top destination? Texas. 
So it's not just that they're leaving California, but they're going to places like Texas, Texas, Florida, Nevada, states that have no um, state income tax, a place like Arizona, which has a very low flat tax, and people are leaving. And, you know, California is a beautiful place. For all the jokes I crack about California, it is beautiful in California. And people don't want to leave. They're being forced out. They can't afford to live there anymore. And these are the things that I think people need to take a look at. There is going to be ebb and flow in business. There's no doubt that there is a worldwide inflation that's going on. It's not just in the United States. But there are things that can be done legislatively and there are things that can be done with policy that can offset um, some things. And when you... When you see what's happening and what's coming, I think it's going to make it worse. That's my opinion. I think it's going to make the economy worse. It's going to be tougher for the American people. At a time when we are, um, when we are having less and less discretionary income as a, as a country, to be taking more money out of the American economy and throwing it into the black hole of the government. Tempe-based Carvana may go bankrupt. That is a big issue because there's a lot of Arizona jobs that may be affected by that. Um, gas prices may be going up. Um, the IRS increases business mileage rates, which is a good thing. Um, these are just some of the headlines. California's ban on around 70,000 vehicles takes effect this week. This is another one. Supply chain issues and all of the other things that we have going on. And California's new regulation on clean air um, is, is, is in 2008, later signed into law by Senate Bill states that any diesel vehicle weighing over 14,000 pounds built before 2010 are banned from operating on California roads. Diesel exhaust is responsible for 70% of the cancer risk airborne toxins. So my point with this is here we are at a time again, we're talking about whether it's climate change or whatever it is, that these are the policies that are in place at a time when we're having issues. How many truckers are we short across the country? The supply chain issues on delivery, um, it, it is just, it's huge. And yet we continue down the road of the things that are costing the middle class. This is where the questions have to be asked by you. How much of this are you willing to submit to? How many of these things do you think are valuable that you are actually on the hook for paying for? Higher gas prices, higher prices on goods and services, longer wait times. And it's happening all over the place. We just don't have... um, You don't wave a magic wand and make things go away. Policy has an effect on things. Yes, there are things that are outside of the president's control and outside of the the Congress's control, but what are they doing to ease things for the American people? I know if you listen to the show, I apologize that I'm repetitive, but I still haven't gotten an answer from anyone on this. The federal government, Joe Biden, decided that one of the ways he was going to uh, face the backlash of how the increase in inflation was hurting the American people was a frontal assault on 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 private business. He went after the oil companies in one speech and he backed way off of this right away. Even the retailers that were selling gasoline, he went after them by saying, you got to lower your prices. They're price gouging. Uh, Senator uh, Fetterman. Of Pennsylvania before he was elected said if elected he would want to haul food growers and the oil barons into a courtroom and put them in prison for price gouging and price gouging is raising your prices at a time you know and raising them exorbitantly 
number one, uh, and, and taking advantage of someone. Well, here we are. If you t- make that direct comparison, the federal government is taking in record revenue into the United States Treasury. They've been doing it every month and every quarter, every year for a very long time, not just under this president, but also under President Trump. And before that, we are seeing record revenue into the United States Treasury. Well, if they're getting record profits, which revenue would be profits, if the United States Treasury is taking in a record amount of money, A, why are we still creating deficits? And B, why would they raise taxes if they're getting record revenue? Businesses, when that happens, if you've got record revenue and yet you're still working at a deficit, you make cuts inside. We do not have an income problem in the United States. We have a spending problem in the United States. And we continue to go down this road. It's very frustrating. What we're going to do in a moment is Representative-elect Juan Siscomani from the state of Arizona, and he's still a representative-elect because they haven't been sworn in because we don't have a Speaker of the House, is going to talk to us about the Speaker's race. His support for Representative McCarthy, other Arizona delegates uh, are not necessarily in support. We'll talk about the fight and if we're going to get a Speaker today. That's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show this morning. Happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. First time having this uh, man as a guest on the show, uh, Representative-elect Juan Siscomani. Juan, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Let's talk, first of all, um, you know, being a freshman in D.C. has got to be chaotic enough, but what's happening now with this speaker's race, what's going on? Well, yeah, this is historic. As of um, the ninth vote that we were taking yesterday, that was uh, the record was in 1923, the last time it took that many rounds of voting for the speaker to be elected. And uh, we are now uh, about to be today on round 12 uh, at noon today when we meet here in D.C. for this on the floor. So there's uh, there's a battle over the speakership and we're right in the middle of it. It's a historic moment in our country. The holdouts of the people that are not supporting Representative McCarthy, uh, some of them from Arizona and the Arizona delegation. What are they holding out for? What would they want to see? Or are they just a no vote on McCarthy across the board? Well, the, specifically, the Arizona delegation is split in three. Of course, you have the three Democrats, and then you have three Republicans that are for McCarthy. I'm one of them, and then three that are that are not. They, there's a lot of negotiations happening, really around the rules of, of governance on on the floor, and. Some some are good ideas that that uh, leadership has accepted and adopted uh, into into their package. Some are still holding out. Some, frankly, seem to be a, a no on. Uh, doesn't matter what gets brought up, and they're not interested in making a deal. But I think the vast majority of the twenty are interested in just moving forward and uh, and getting us all to to a place where where we need to be, and they can agree on. Uh, certainly, the two hundred that are on the side of of Kevin McCarthy do uh, want to get to a point where we can get sworn in and get to work and why people sent us here. You know, you get one chance to make a, a first good impression, and this isn't the way we wanted to kick off uh, the 118th Congress, but, but here we are, and we're going to get there. So what is it that they're looking for? Is there any specifics in the rules that they still want before most of them will come over and vote yes on McCarthy? 
Well, there have been 20 concessions already made from from their requests, and the, they're they're in the they're in the new rules package that is being proposed. One of them that was very contentious was the rule to vacate. And that's, uh, of course, to be able to make the call for uh, to vacate the chair of the speaker. And that was something that actually Pelosi had instituted to protect the speakership. That got brought down to five. And now they're requesting for one member to be able to make a motion to vacate the chair, meaning that uh, for the speaker to be removed. Uh, I think it's at the point where where that that demand is uh, on the table as well. So so we're, we're getting to the place where we need to get to. The other discussions are around debt ceiling. Um, uh, also, um, term limit voting and then making a pledge for that. There, there are some some things out there that can be resolved, and that's why I'm optimistic that we're gonna we're gonna get a speaker soon. I don't know when, but but we're gonna get there. What is it about Representative McCarthy that made you throw your support behind him? Well, I like the vision that he has. He, of course, uh, led not only the us winning the House back this year, but he won seats last year when nobody thought we could. So he's been working harder than anyone that I've seen to get us back the majority. We have the majority right now in a big part thanks to the effort that the efforts that he made. Also, the the vision around the commitment to America, where we have to focus around the border, we have to focus around the economy, around accountability on the government, and our future based on education. These are the things that that I like. What I, but I always heard about him. And he's he's a straight shooter and uh, has never requested anything from me based on the support that he had for so many of us. So uh, I, I can't wait for him to be speaker and we get to work. So let's shift gears. You brought up the border yesterday. The president laid out some plans to make some changes at the southern border of the United States. He's planning on visiting the border. Did you hear the president's comments yesterday? And how do you feel about the plan the president laid out? I did hear his comments, and really what one of the things that stood out to me was the line when he said that he was proud of the work that the vice president had done on this. Uh, I, I'm not sure what vice president he was talking about, Mike, because uh, she has done a terrible job on this. Alejandro Mayorkas, as the secretary of Homeland Security, has done a terrible job on this, and that's not my opinion. Those are the facts. The numbers don't lie, both on uh, apprehensions, on crossings, on migrant deaths in the desert as well. It goes all around. This is not a good situation, the worst that we've seen. So, of course, he's now making a trip to the border and trying to talk about this, and, and we've been saying this for two years at this point, and nothing has been done. I've been in, informed in meetings where he has made, or, or I'm sorry, Mallorca has made on behalf of the administration promises that haven't been kept at all, especially around the Yuma sector. So very disappointing. Uh, I, I can't um, I can't imagine that that he will actually do anything positive on this. Are you confident that with a new, let's say, uh, Representative McCarthy becomes a speaker, that the Republicans can come up with a plan in the House that would be effective on fixing what the issues are on the border? Is that going to be a priority? And the, can they get it done? It's going to be a number one priority for sure, a top priority. It's, it's been for me as well, along with the economy. And yes, so the main two things that Congress can do on this, the House of Representatives, is, of course, hold the administration accountable. That oversight piece is very important and has been missing this entire time. Mayorkas has not been brought in for questions on this, has not had to answer to Congress on anything. Congress hasn't even been meeting on this issue. So that is one big step that we will do. And the other one, of course, is funding. Uh, the, the, the House of Representatives uh, controls the, the funding, uh, the, the power of the purse, and the money bills start here. And this is where, where another leverage of power that we'll have. Now, no, no secret, the Senate will still be in the Democrats' hands, and so will the White House. So we're going to have to 
um, uh, really deal with that, but it's going to add some checks and balances to it uh, that important measures that start here in the House. All right. So last question. Do you think we will have a Speaker of the House today? I can't promise you when. I sure hope so. But uh, we're going to meet at noon and we're going to go through this vote uh, one more time for a 12th time. And uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that we do. But uh, I don't know exactly when, but I'm, I'm very confident that we will. This is this is what our system is built around. And uh, I said yesterday we were airing our grievances on uh, national television, but this is the cost of leadership. And this is our former government, and we embrace it, and we're going to get there, Mike, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope you'll come back soon. You got it. Happy to. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That is uh, Juan Siscomani, representative-elect here in the state of Arizona from uh, Congressional District 6. And uh, we're going to have more on this, obviously, as the show goes on. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me, and it's the big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Well, happy Friday, Gatos. Oh, for 11. Yeah. Yep. Oh, for 11. Yes, he is. Kevin McCarthy is over 11. My goodness gracious. Why don't they just pick somebody else for crying out? Is it that easy just to go pick? Or is it like you got to go through all this this stuff? Why don't they just pick somebody else and vote? What do you think? Well, that's the issue is who else are they going to get that could get more than 200 votes? He still is getting more votes than anyone else. The, you know, um, Representative Donalds out of uh, southwest Florida, his name's uh-huh. been thrown out there. But how much support can they get? Yeah. Well, you know me. Uh, I like to make fun of all everyone, politicians. Everyone. That's right. So here's my cue. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has uh, failed 11 times to become Speaker of the House. 11 times. By the way, the Cardinals just signed him to a five-year extension. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> that's funny. Now the rest of my stuff is not going to be as funny Come, as that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay, though. If this were a movie, what would it be called? Mm. We've got uh, Groundhog's Day. Yes. Uh, train wreck. Mm-hmm. Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Clueless. Dumb and Dumber. Which one do you like, Mike? I like Groundhog Day. You like Groundhog Day? I do. Yeah, I think so. I think so. See, I just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I know this is all a game. I know that, you know, this is, you know, even Chad said it yesterday. You know, there are a few Republicans who just love this because they get on TV more. And then they're on social media more. And then people are paying attention to them more. But, you know, it's hard to go for 11. And they haven't, you know, this hasn't happened in like... Gosh, like it was like a hundred years or something like what, that. What they need, in my opinion, if they want to satisfy people's curiosity and people that are getting frustrated, either you need to spell out exactly what concessions are needed to happen yep. in order for you to vote for McCarthy, or if it's never going to be a yes for McCarthy, you need to put up other names you'll vote for so we can move forward instead of the same repetitive vote over and over again. Yeah, it just sounds like the Republicans haven't learned anything from the midterms. They're supposed to sweep, have a big red wave. You know, that didn't happen. The opposite pretty much happened. And now they're fighting with, you know, within their own party again. Yeah. And it's like, my goodness, you guys need to figure this crap out. Well, you know, we do need a good Republican Party. And we don't have one right now. It'd be nice to have, you know, two parties. The Democrats are a disaster, too. But, I mean, two parties that are are somewhat, uh, you know, starting on the right foot. We don't have that. Yeah. Great question, as always. Hope you have a great weekend, and I look forward to seeing you in the building. 
All right, buddy. See Thanks, you man. That's Gato's Big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com and vote and see how others have voted as well. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, we speak with Brandon Judd, who is the president of the National Border Patrol Council. We're going to talk with him about President Biden's comments yesterday and his visit to the border. Are we going to see significant changes? It's all coming up.